Quick disclaimer, all information, content, and material of this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and is for the informational purpose only and not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Welcome to the Untethered Podcast. I am your host, Hallie Balkin. I'm a certified orofacial myologist, feeding specialist, and mentor. This podcast is all about getting your questions answered and collaborating with colleagues to bring you the most up-to-date information in the orofacial myofunctional therapy, tethered oral tissue, and airway space. I challenge you to keep an open mind and join my mission to get this information out to the masses. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to episode 46 of the Untethered Podcast. Today, we've got Tommy Spears, DDS FOM, joining us. Tommy graduated from the University of Tennessee in 1986, and he's been practicing general dentistry in his hometown of Maryville, Tennessee for 33 plus years. Um, He's got his wife, Sandy, his children, Wes, Olivia, and Emery. And he says now that his children are grown, he has the time and energy to take dentistry to the next level. He is a member of the IATP, the IAOM, the AACP, AADSM, FBI, ICAP, and Healthy Start. He owns multiple practices, and he says that he's got lots of hobbies now that he's too old to play sports that include hanging with his family, being outdoors, old cars, and learning, and more learning. His existing practices are based in airway, sleep, myo, and much more, and giving his patients the best systemic assessment and treatment possible. Tommy, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you here. I'm very flattered, very flattered. I'm shocked you asked me to speak. (laughs) And uh, I hope I can give something for somebody out there. Absolutely. Well, I really think you have a story that's going to resonate with some of our listeners. And, you know, so I'm excited to jump right in and talk about that. And I I would love for you to share, you know, your evolution from being a solo practitioner to really where you are today. Okay. Well, I think the beginning of this is because I take my lunches on Thursdays and I go out to a a Turkey Creek uh, development center out in West Knoxville, and I, I go through either uh, Panda Bear or what is it, Panda? What is it, the fast food Panda? Oh, Panda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or Zaxby's, and I listen to your podcast. That's what I have. So you you got so many people that I know and gotten to know through the seminars I've been to, and I had to come up with a, a contact I needed for Ken Rook, so mm-hmm. you provided that, and you asked me to speak, and I was shocked. But I, I turned around and thought, well, maybe I, I do have a little bit of something that somebody can use. And so my story began uh, 34, going on 34 years ago. I'm a dentist in Maryville, Tennessee, which is in the mountains. And you can probably tell that the way I sound. Um, every time I go somewhere to a seminar, everybody says, well, where are you from? And I make them guess. <laughs> and it's never Tennessee. It's always Texas for some reason. But um, I got into just doing dentistry. You know, I was having babies and married and trying to figure out life. And, uh, just trying to figure out how to make a living and, and learn dentistry when I could, because as you know, right now, when you have young kids, it's hard to, to get into the scene of education and, and continue your, your growth. Yeah. But um, about six years ago, uh, one of the turning points of my uh, career was uh, I brought a consultant in, and um, her name is Holly Bryant, and I'm, I'm going to plug her a little bit because she's changed my life. She's changed my practice practices, and... Um, uh, she's just been a really huge player in my world. But uh, about 10 years ago, I brought a partner on, or an associate. He's now a partner. And we have since brought another associate on. So my main practice, we have three dentists here. And then I have a satellite I work with, another dentist. And I have another practice. So we're trying to infiltrate this philosophy everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, but going back to the beginning, um, um, Holly Bryant came to our practice just to, to assess our systems trying to make us better on how we were doing things trying to be make us more efficient mm-hmm. and so the first day she assessed our practices you know crazy and busy thank god and um we sat down at the end of the day and i said holly tell me your story and her story which i think probably i won't tell in detail because i think she would an awesome guest for you to have sometime um led me down the uh the road of airway mm-hmm. she had she had had issues and again, I won't go into detail, but but she was so versed in the airway, uh, centric airway uh, dental offices and, and philosophies out there, and got to know a dentist named. Uh, well, she worked for Ross Nash, who in our in our world of dentistry is one of the big players, 
and she was an assistant there and Ross connected her with her problems of TMD mm-hmm. and issues with EDSA out of uh, Wake Forest um, in North Carolina. Ed's an outstanding dentist and she was treated by Ed and her life changed. She had chronic migraines, um, you know, just, just a terrible way to live. And she was kind of, you know, having a tough time and Ed pulled her out of it. So as she was telling me that, um, one of my best friends who um, I've had all my life, his wife was a patient of mine and she was a chronic TMD, cranial fascia pain person that I would help a little bit but not help completely. And uh, she would have her flare ups every year and I was always uh, chasing her fires and um, went to the Panky, trying to learn more, went through the Panky, went through some Dawson courses uh, and, and tried to apply what I was being taught, even though some of it didn't sink in, probably as good as, as other people. But she seemed to be doing good, but then had a, a really a uh, life crisis and I kind of lost her, so to speak. And I started feeding her to people locally that were much more in the TMD. But I was telling Holly about this person and she goes, well, I know a guy named John Highsmith. He's a dentist in, um, oh, I've got this written down somewhere. John is in, North Carolina. John is an LBI fellow. I think he teaches at the LBI. And, um, and, and, and I'm like, the LBI, I'm not sure about the LBI. I learned about the LBI 20 years ago and wasn't really sure about Bill Dickerson. Now I know that he's legit. Like the rest of these philosophies, <laughs> all these disciplines are, are so important, but they all are kind of using the airway principles. So I went to see, uh, we drove my friend's wife and my partner, Jake Goza, my dentist friend buddy here, wanted to learn. So I went to see John Highsmith and John started talking about sleep and how important it was to treat this young lady. And uh, so that kind of triggered my thinking and it also triggered Dr. Goza to where Jake has been through, he's a fellow of LBI now. He's a, he's a big time. He does a lot of TMD, TMD um, treatments here at our office and, and it's an outstanding thing, but I'm kind of in charge of the sleep. So I started studying sleep and getting into that. And Holly was very versed in that and helped me down these, this road. And um, uh, we decided, my office is kind of big. I, this is kind of a sidebar, but uh, when I built this office building, uh, it was on field dirt. So my basement was useless. So we ended up developing my base, basement into a, like a little seminar uh, conference area. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really been a good thing, luckily. And uh, we started having quarterly meetings to where we would have uh, the medical community come in and we talk about airway and how it affects my world as a dentist. And so Holly, you know, brought in Michael Gale out of New York and he talked to some of the medical community here and Michael um, uh, gave a seminar the next day with some dentists around the South um, and he was phenomenal. And then she, she brought in Brian Hockle, who is a Bill Hang disciple out of the West Coast with orthotropics mm-hmm. and facial growth uh, philosophy. And about this time, um, uh, as, as, as I was studying this, I got to the point where I um, realized my dad died in 2006. He was my hero and he died of uh, Alzheimer's. And I'd read enough to uh, know that there's tons of data that link chronic, you know, uh, obstructive sleep with that, with the beta amyloid and the tall and the proteins collecting in the brain. And so um, my wife and I were out of town in West Virginia and she told me how much I snored. And I, okay, time out. Now, here we go. This may be me. And by that time, I was on blood pressure medicine, acid reflux medicine, two a day, two 20 milligram omeprazoles a day, 40 milligrams of lisinopril, 40 milligrams of Crestor. And my uh, primary care physician, Dr. Drew Deermeyer, would test me for diabetes because my sugar levels were popping up. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, time out. Let's, let's go through this. So Holly led me again. Here comes Holly again. She goes, well, I can get you a home sleep study out of Las Vegas. There's a group that does this. This was probably six years ago. And they shipped it to me. I slept with it for three nights. A little monitor that lays around your, your uh, chest area, pulse, pulse oximeter, and two nasal canyons. So the first night, you know, I didn't sleep hardly at all. It's really weird. The second night, I was a little bit, little bit, but got better results of getting sleep. And the third night, I was a dead man because I was so worn out from the two nights. <laughs> that they were able to read really good what, what it said. So I had ah. mild sleep apnea. So uh, um, Holly suggested, why don't you go see a board-certified pulmonologist, the Airway Kings in our area, and he's a sleep person. So I did, Dr. Dubois at my hospital, and he said he did the full poly, the full lab. They said, you need a BiPAP. I said, bring it on. I don't want to have Alzheimer's. You know, I was again 
in the middle of just trying to learn. Then we brought Brian Hockle into one of our quarterly meetings and Brian lectured on facial growth, you know, how we need to push out the maxilla and not, mm -hmm. not pull it back and trap the tongue and all these soft tissue issues. And to shorten the story, the, the second day of the uh, seminar, we, again, we had about, I think, 20 different dentists in the South at, the, at my office, which was so uh, flattering, but uh, his last two hours of his, his uh, speaking, he pulled out a roll of tape. He said, I'm going to show you what I do every night. He taped his mouth. Actually, he taped up and down. He said, you can do it however you want to. Pass the tape around the table. He said, everybody tape, and I'm going to talk for 20 minutes. And if you pass out, we got to get the tape off of it. Hmm. But it was horrible. It was awful. It was, uh, you know, uh, claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. And when he talked about nitric oxide, talked about the whole, you know, uh, philosophy of this whole deal. So I went to him after everybody left. I said, showed him my in lab studies, my my HSTs, and he said, "Yeah, just take. We're probably gonna drop this down to where the, you know the sleep world. It's gonna be fine." And it did. Mm -hmm. So I've taped for six years, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't I don't miss a night. Uh, I've gotten to the point now where I uh, saline with a simple saline you can buy from home, uh, uh, Walmart or CVS, Walgreens, and I I'll, I'll saline my nose with that. Then I'll do the neti pot action with the simple saline. Then I acne wipe my nose. My kids are rolling their eyes when they see this right here. They're going to absolutely <laughs> But anyway, I wipe my nose. I put a breathe right strip on and I tape and I sleep like nobody's business because I used to get up and pee twice a night. Mm. I used to sweat about 10 days a month. Sweat. I mean, sweat. Mm. Um, and so, and then I was just not doing well. So since then, long story short is I don't, I don't get up and pee. I've never sweated. Uh, I dream really, really vividly now. Um, my medicines have dropped some of them completely off. Some of them in half. My diabetes scare is gone. Uh, I'm a new person. That's so yeah, it's crazy. So I, I immediately said, okay, I got to start using this in my practice. And so we started integrating sleep. Mm -hmm. And so we have HSTs and our practice we use, we started out with the res ResMed acne links, and now we've moved over to the Z machines. Plus the pulse oximeters, the uh, Ken Rooks is helping us get set up with the watch pad. I've got the uh, no more, I think it's no more pulse, pulse oximeters that we use. A lot of people can't even put on the home sleep study. They're so mm -hmm. technically claustrophobic type people. So are but, you are you doing sleep studies in your office or you're sending them home with, with home sleep? Home. Yeah, I don't know. It's, okay. I, it, I'm, not, I'm just a dentist. Okay. Yeah. I was like, hold on a second. You've gone, but you, you really got a whole new niche now in your no, office. No, 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 that would be so illegal. So um, I do home sleep studies. I, I think I'm a little bit brow, getting browbeated a little bit by the medical community from it. But but I see a you know our practice is busy. We see a lot of people, and uh, uh, it's funny when you start learning something. You got to be really prepared that it's not a nail every time. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> especially myofunctional. By the way, that was something I'll talk about in a minute. But but now now I see all these. Uh, red flags in the mouth and I'll say, okay, we got to talk about this because your mouth will talk my mouth, which will talk a lot of people's mouths. It's all these different things. Worn teeth, acid reflux, you know, sandblasted gold crowns, which is acid reflux, high roofs, uh, 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 uvulas that look like an index finger, um, tonsils that are there or not there. And when they're not there, that means something was wrong to begin with, obviously. And so there's a lot of different things. Mountain potty, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but we talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's it all is a big player scallop tongues obviously tongue ties yeah so as I was going through that uh, uh, chapter of my life learning about this trying to do the sleep I got a card from the American Association what is the AACP AAS, American Association of Craniofacial Pain hmm. sent me a flyer that talked about um, going to watch uh, a lecture on tongue ties and releasing babies that can't latch and it was Stacy Cole in Fort Worth. I don't know if you know who that is, but mm -hmm. he's a big, and he, I don't know if he's been on your podcast. A lot of these people, not yet. No, I almost missed all of them, but Stacy is awesome. Um, you know, so I went out there and my life changed and I felt like it was a, a spiritual kind of awakening. And this is something I should do because it linked everything that was going on with me and all these other things I was reading about that are in between that could be prevented if we start out with, the best latch we can and get the nose doing the breathing and the tongue gets the yeah. position to live in and builds the mid face out. And that's kind of it. So, uh, as I watched him do this, he had a CO2 laser there in Fort Worth, he had a beautiful office. Uh, he was so nice. And he, I, he's kind of like Andy Griffith. He's just a sweet, <laughs> sweet man. 
he changed my life. So without belaboring this, I came on back. I already had a bunch of diodes in my office because we do, uh, we use diodes in our hygiene side, mm-hmm. uh, which we still use now. We, we changed that over to the no more hygiene where we do the, the DNA swabs and try to find particular bacteria, which is another link to all this, by the way, but uh, because a lot of that is open mouth breathing problems. And, mm. uh, but um, so I came back and I started uh, doing um, the quarterly meetings with Holly again. She's instructed me on a lot of this. It was so helpful with the lactation community out of Knoxville, which is the bigger city close to my town in Maryland. And uh, we would bring some lactation in and we would talk about things. So I started getting referrals for these babies uh, because some of those lactations said, yeah, we need help with that. And hardly anybody was doing it in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. But I was using a diode and I'm not begrudging people using a diode, but uh, I, it is just not what I should have been using. And so I didn't really know not to use it. I started researching it. I said, okay, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna try to be as good as I can. So. The first person I called was uh, one of your previous podcasts. It was um, Kotlo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Called him. I said, is there any way I can come up and see you and watch you work? And he was awesome. Yeah, he has. He knows all the lasers. <laughs> yes. So mm-hmm. I went up there. I took a colleague of mine who's up, up the road from me about two hours. She's a pedodontist, and she, she releases babies also. Mm-hmm. And um, by then, I had bought the likes the like scalpel. I, I went to a malfunctional... Um, World Congress in Chicago, and I'm not sure if it was 17 or 18, and it wasn't uh, the uh, IAOM sponsored scenario, but it was uh, a place where I saw the light scalpel. Mm-hmm. Clinics, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. It's yeah. $4,000, it's not 200 But uh, so I decided to, to buy that, and it changed my world on working on these babies, the CO2 mm-hmm. laser, and it's mainly for soft tissue. Actually, it's all soft tissue. But I went up to see Kotlo and Dr. Hellerman and I did, and uh, he was just phenomenal. He was, we watched everything, let us watch everything. He let us pick his brain. I spent the day with him. He's probably gonna hate me because some of your dentists that are listening to this now said, okay, I'm gonna call him and see if I can go up there. But he's that kind of person. And uh, I think it'll be fine. He's, he's about helping the world. And if you can educate more people, why not? And that's kind of why I'm here. I, I'm not sure I can offer much, but this is kind of what, what happened to me. So when I came back from Kotlo, uh, I, you know, my, my kids are grown. I don't go to sporting events anymore. I don't coach anymore. I'm bored. So I've got time to really hammer out <laughs> as good as I can, this pea brain of mine to get as good as I can. So then I called Richard Baxter. I said, can I come down and see you in Birmingham? Of course, being the person he is, he was awesome. I took some staff members down there. We sat for a day and watched him and learned a bunch from him too. And that was great. Then I saw Bobby Harry was coming to Atlanta. My son lives in Atlanta. Um, so I went to this lactation meeting uh, in Atlanta at a hospital, as a matter of fact, and Bobby spoke there, and I stayed and cornered him and talked to him for a little bit. I, I'll eventually go watch him in, in his neck of the woods, but that's a long flight, and I'm not a good flyer. Hmm. And, uh, and then um, Steve uh, uh, Siegel, Scott Siegel. Scott Siegel. Mm-hmm. I got to know Scott through the uh, American Laser Study Club, and uh, I'm getting ready to go to Fort Lauderdale for that next weekend. Yeah. I was a light scalpel kind of uh, sponsor that Peter Vitrick, I'm not sure. Yep. Yep. Super yep. guy uh, does this. So I've gotten to know Scott then. I asked him, I said, can I come up and watch you? Because, you know, as you well know, all these people are so nice and Scott's no mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Unbelievably uh, benevolent with his knowledge, humble as pie. Oh, yeah. And I went up to Manhattan and uh, it was definitely the country boy in Manhattan. <laughs> But I got to his office, his staff was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Uh, I got to learn some more from him and I very much appreciate that. So I bring it back and apply it to my practice. Um, I think I've jumped through this almost completely. That's where I am now. I um, Kind of in the middle of this also, Holly was preaching to me about myofunctional therapy mm-hmm. and uh, we ought to get a hygienist that's on this. And so I did, I, I got one of my hygienists to go get trained I'm not sure who she trained under, but she didn't last in my office for various reasons. And um, so I said, I'm going. So I went to Sandra Holtzman's class in, yeah. in uh, Raleigh mm-hmm. and went the weekend there and got my eyes wide opened and overwhelmed. Yeah, that's who I trained with too. I love her. Yeah, she's awesome. Her and Becky, and yeah, they're great. Becky was with her and, yeah. and she, they're just, they're in it for the right reasons. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it was overwhelming. I'm, I'm, I, it's a lot I'm, of information in four days. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I know so little. And so the good Lord blessed me again about probably a year later. 
I decided to become a fellow because I felt like I still do a lot of normal dentistry. Yeah. And in my office, um, I have one, two rooms I can close off. And so we, we'll work in the babies when they call, we'll work them in that day or next to try mm-hmm. to get them to take care of the mamas and the babies. But, um, um, Matthew Rao called me, another one of your podcast people, and he said, "Hey, I'm, my my comms coming your way, it's Crystal Roshinsky." Ah, yeah. And I said, "All right." So he, he I know Crystal. Me. Yeah, and yeah. she's a thud, and she's great. And so I, I was smart enough to know. I said, "Crystal, I got a satellite in that West Knoxville. It's a little bit more high end stuff. Uh, you can, you know, want you come in there and, and work your people into that because it wasn't real busy. It was a zero patient start, so we weren't. We're still not hugely busy, but." But it's getting going, getting going. But she uses that place, and I refer. You know, again, I see a kid. It's almost invariably they're 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 deficient here. They've mm-hmm. got multifunctional issues, and I say go get assessed. And yeah. Crystal hopefully is benefiting from me. But she's awesome. She's amazing. And actually, she and I had talked about this. I think before she made her move, <laughs> we actually were chatting business and about the move. And you know, she was wildly wildly successful where she was, and she was moving. And so I'm I'm really happy to hear that. I didn't realize that you were the connection. Yeah, to I'm, I'm yeah man. to her new location that's amazing i'm a very lucky person but uh um, we've this has even evolved to the point where part of my lower downstairs is about 1500 square feet well let me back up again crystal and i uh, she started getting involved in our quarterly meetings we'd have vacation mm. and sleep come in mm-hmm. so we have about 30 sleep slps come in some lactation and we awesome. feed them um, adult beverages and i love it made and water and chick-fil-a yeah Hey. And so we talk, and we just we just sit back and talk. And Crystal had them with her every word. Mm. They're unbelievably wowed by her, which we all are when you get around her. Her knowledge is crazy. And so the SLPs, most of them work for Blunt Memorial, which is a local hospital here. Mm-hmm. And so now they've called and said, "Would you, would you and Crystal come speak to our SLPs?" So awesome. I'm not, a, as you can tell, this is not my forte, and I'm not sure I have a forte, but I don't public speak but I went and I, 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 we spoke and um, uh, as it turns out uh, I told him I said you know I'm thinking about doing something with this 1500 square feet that's going to be I'm going to take my sleep downstairs and my baby's downstairs would you all want to abuse that space and so one memorial is getting involved so again another oh, nice. lucky move but um, uh, that's yet to, it's almost done it's not it's not in uh, completion yet but it's almost done but um this, this is crazy. I, I, I now, you know, I try to get everybody that looks at our patients now to say, okay, you've got eight red flags here. Let me tell you what they are. Mm-hmm. You've got to first start. Well, we have a lot of TMD people. You know, we even pay attention to the ones that pop and click. Oh, I'm fine. I pop and click. Or I used to pop and click, but I'm fine now. Well, that's the evolution of the condyle. Just where mm-hmm. away the disc is gone. But um, we, we still got to start with airway first. Yeah. And it all goes back, you know, uh, it all links up. It all goes back to, you know, what happened in their young life. Did they have a bottle? Did, you know, it's just crazy with the studies that Scott was telling me about. Yeah. Um, some of this uncontrolled GERD mm-hmm. that's been hammered with um, the chemicals has maybe has something to do with our allergies now. Yeah. With peanuts and stuff like that. So it's just crazy how all this just connects. Mm-hmm. And it has changed me completely. Totally, completely. I, I've never been so fired up about being a dentist and being in this world of malfunction and, and uh, speech. You know, now I know a little bit more speech than I ever did, and body work and, and, and nutrition. And there's so many disciplines that fit this deal. But uh, we look and we say, okay, let's let's start. And some people look at me like I've got three heads or two heads and say, no, you know, I came in here to get my teeth clean. Yeah. You're going to get those. Yeah. They're like, I came here to clean my teeth. Why, why are we having this conversation? (laughs) I say, I say, you know, it's me. This is me. I've got to tell you, I got to give you my testimony and you got to listen to it. You can never come back and that's up to you and you can never do any of this, but this is what I know. I've got to preach it. And I I get those evaluations in my office too, where they come and they're like, well, this SLP referred me to you. We've been going to them for like a year or two and they want me to come to you for a myo evaluation. And I tell them you need to bring a snack. I want something crunchy. I want something, you know, like bring a cracker, bring something that they can eat off a spoon, bring, you know, I want to see them drink from an open cup and from a straw. And we go through the whole thing and they're like, why are you watching my child eat when they can't make an S sound? Like I don't get the connection and I'm going, I'm looking holistically at everything going on in your child's mouth, their face, their posture. You know, I'm looking at Every, this is holistic and and when I start to explain it most of them get that you know occasionally you get the people who are like I'm not 
I'm not interested in that, just fix the S. And I'm like, well, if you're not interested in that, that's how we're going to fix the S. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, but I think it's really cool what you're doing with the education because somebody has to introduce this to them and start to get, you know, get that info into their head. And I, and I keep looking for resources. I'm a healthy start dentist. And so we, mm-hmm. we use some of their uh, habit correctors, but as Crystal has taught me, She's a big mild race person. And so we, you know, we're a two to five range. We're limited on what we can do with the, the, the mid face. Yeah. So that's where we are with them. But then, then I kept researching and uh, found the Facial Beauty Institute, which is mm-hmm. Stephen Layla out of Collierville, Tennessee. He lectures all over the world with Stephen Deal out of Greenbrier, uh, Arkansas. This is the, what we call the FBI Facial Beauty Institute. And so this is the, the, uh, expander you, you asked me on the email yeah man and we do uh, I've expanded forever I'm not an orthodontist I haven't done a whole bunch of work though but we have tried to expand people because we knew a little bit about it not as much as I know now and not as much as I'll know tomorrow but uh, as I've studied under Galala and Deal the, the the growth appliance which is like the AGA in, in essence okay. but it's, uh, it's made by a different lab it's, it goes a little different but it's mainly it's you know we do get expansion here but it's got to be more Sagittal, hmm. and that's the problem. There, I think McNamara, and I don't have this study, and I'm gonna try to find it and send it to you. But McNamara did this huge skull study where you know 85% of the general population is deficient in the, in the anterior maxilla. Pre maxilla, I'm not sure we call it that, but but we're deficient there. And part of part, part of that, if not all of that, I know genome is part of it, but the, the it's the tongue, you know, it's, hmm. there's the hammer and the nail, and yeah. so. Uh, the nasal breathing, open mouth, tongue, lower posture, all that stuff. You know, I'm preaching the choir here, but um, so now we 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 integrate malfunction with everything we do. It's nuts, and so I, love I can't. It. <laughs> yeah, it's just nuts. And I do think go away. It's going to eventually be a cornerstone of health, hmm. and it'll be recognized as that. I think our medical community is finally coming. We got to, you know, for my little pea brain. Um, <laughs> thinking of this, I think that we got to be careful. There's so many schools of these malfunctional schools of thought, and if mm-hmm. it's practiced improperly, our reputation is going to get uh, kicked to the dirt, and uh, that's not good. So yeah. the, that's why I'm the IOAM. I, I believe in that. I believe with, with what they're doing. I went down. I th- were you in New Orleans? Through, no, um, I wasn't able to make it to New Orleans, but, but I am also speak, certified yeah, through right. IOM. And uh, they did a great job down there. Um, and Crystal was with me there. We met up down there and she, you know, she was in agreement how good it was, but, um, it's just crazy. It, it, you know, I can't stop reading about it. It makes complete common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still a pariah with my medical community when it comes to talking about this with them. My, my pediatrician comes to me, uh, quite a few of my pediatricians, not me. I'm not a kid anymore, but it's my baby's <laughs> doctors. And, uh, they look, you know, they back up. So okay, time out. What are you talking oh, about? Yeah. But now I've got one of them taping, at least taping. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. we probably have 400 people taping, but we start with the, the home sleep study. And then if my, my, we started with the ENT reading them, but now we have a board certified person reading them. But if there's some uh, raw data that says, okay, we gotta go do an in-lab, then I send them that way. Mm-hmm. If they're severe, send them that way. My oldest brother's on CPAP. But when they're mild or moderate, we, we look at same things that may help comorbidities, maybe a, a, a dental sleep orthotic, um, and we look at those things first. We, we CPAP's still the standard of care, and I sure don't want to keep people from doing that. But their compliance is so bad. Mm-hmm. I think there's a study, one's 50%, one's 80, that people oh. don't wear them or they take them off in the middle of the night. Mm. And so they're wearing them half the night. And they're still, you know, the, the morning time is when we worry about the heart attacks in bed, and yeah. the of death in bed because of that. Uh, well, I have a question for you. So on that topic, if for someone who does have more severe sleep apnea, are there any appliances or anything that we can do to expand to possibly get them off of that that right. CPAP machine? <laughs> right question. So the, the, the thinking is, and I think this has been proven, mm-hmm. um, uh, again, this is your disclaimers cover me. Here, yes, so. you're covered. This is your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the Facial Beauty Institute, mm-hmm. um, 
that is also that, 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 that discipline is taught at the LBI. It's taught at, I think, at about 30% of the ortho schools. Now, the ortho okay. residencies and schools, you know, they still have the older thinking, you know, it's okay, take out bicuspids, pull everything back, trap the tongue, not worry about myo. Right. But the FBI is all about myo and expanding everything out, getting everything out. So to answer your question, um, the, the easy fix right now, when, you, when somebody takes a sleep test, and they, they definitely test out into the severe, mm-hmm. they, they want the CPAP. Immediately, you want to do something quick because right. you don't want them dying the next day. Right. And unfortunately, there's some of that literature out there people that kind of waited mm. at the moment. And so you start out with the CPAP, and uh, you see how you do. Again, the compliance is the question, even though some of these attachments are getting better and better and better. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the nasal, the, the nasal pillows are a big mm-hmm. one now. We've got to worry about the mouth. You know, mm-hmm. they'll give them a head wrap, but well, I, I just don't wear that head wrap. Well, I'm not sure how it works. Well, it, it gets off kilter when my mouth opens, but I don't trust that, you know. So uh, to answer your question completely, uh, once the CPAP is going, then if you want to try to get away from the CPAP, then the actual uh, uh, studies are saying when you bring the maxell out and, and the mandible follows it, you're opening that, that system in the back. And so a lot of this, along with nutrition, along with weight loss, along with other things, can get you off of CPAP. Yeah. Awesome. Mile is still there. Yeah, got a mile going. Got to get the nose doing the work. Yeah, and um, but to answer your question, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I wear a DNA at night, and um, we're you know I've been in expansion as an adult, and I had it as a kid too. Um, I have family members who wear CPAP. I have you know I've got family members who have very narrow, high palates who. That's where I got my tongue tie from, you know, so it's all genetic. Um, but anyway, so I'm always curious to hear different opinions on that, especially when we're talking about like severe sleep apnea, because I wasn't in the severe range per se myself, but, you know, I know too much. And so obviously this was a, a road I was willing to go down uh, full on effort with body work and expansion and all the things. And we've got Lily, my four year old in an ALF. Um, and she's had amazing growth since August, awesome. which has been fun. So airways kind of important. Airways, you know? everything. That's what I, if you can't breathe, you're dead. That's what I tell people. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm getting ready to go speak to, uh, and again, I, I'm been asked to speak. I don't like it. I get nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. Like I was today, <laughs> morning. but, uh, uh, I'm going to Newport, which is the moonshine capital of the world, by the way. And uh, I'm gonna speak to a hospital group there. And the girl texted me today and said, "What's the what's your speech? What's its uh, um, how you gonna what's its title?" And I and I I just go on kind of go on just shoot from the hip. I said, "Well, it's called how you breathing instead of how you doing how you breathing." Yeah, and, I love and it. So that's what I'll start out with and and talk about you yeah. know why we do this. I mean, I, I feel like I know I'm gonna learn a gazillion information more, but it's just take my life. It's it's just taking me. To the end first, and it started coming back. Stacy Cole got me back to the, the lip ties. You know, Scott Siegel mm-hmm. was saying there's some studies out there that's 30% mm-hmm. babies out there with these restrictive ties, not six or eight or 10%. Mm-hmm. So it's it's out there. You know, you can find the, the tethers. They're there. Are they restrictive? Right. And so there's a lot of uh, compromise, compensating going on. But uh, yeah. uh, the malfunction is the key. And I, I know you agree with me. But it's the key, and honestly, it ought to be taught in schools. Yes, it ought to be taught uh, in hospitals. Yeah, it ought to be taught everywhere. We got to get the nose, the lips. I know. Them. Well, and and actually, they are requiring that a myo that OMDs um, or official myofunctional disorders and myo be a part of grad school programs for speech and language pathologists. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe it's a, an effective this year at some point. Um, because what we're, you know, what we're finding is one, this is in scope of practice for speech language pathologists and, and we know also with registered dental hygienists as well, and obviously dentists, but the problem is that there are so many schools, even the school I went to, which was a fantastic program. They didn't teach me pediatric feeding. They didn't, they didn't teach me Yeah, They didn't teach me. And this is, I'm now teaching a course on this that we're launching next month called feed the peds because so many people don't get that education. They don't get education on tongue ties. They don't get education on anything related to oral motor work or myofunctional therapy. And I'm going, how are we addressing sounds that we produce with muscles in our mouth, but nobody's teaching you other than, oh, the tongue should be placed here. What if the tongue can't go there? <laughs> There's a bigger issue here. So it's really, we're teaching compensations, 
without knowing the root cause, without actually dealing with the root cause. And so I'm really glad to see that our field is going in the right direction um, as a speech language pathologist. But there's there are a lot of us out there practicing that don't have this knowledge. And it's confusing the parents. Parents are, you know, well, why did this speech pathologist send me to you? Can't they can't they do the same thing you're doing? And, you know, you don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but basically my response is, you know, this is not something they taught us in grad school. And many of us have had to go out and spend thousands of dollars and years of our time to learn this information on our own. And one, that's just not feasible to everybody. And two, some people don't realize that this information's even out there and that they should be doing something differently. So your therapist was great, but then they realized they couldn't help you any further and sent you to me. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting and, uh, conversation. Three battles. I, I, yeah. I, I bought, I've got three books and I should have, should have them up here. I think I have them up here. I have them downstairs. But uh, one of them is uh, Patrick McGowan uh-huh. out of uh, Ireland. Yep. Got his uh, uh, auction advantage book. I've got his small little close your mouth. I give the yep. mamas close your mouth. Close your mouth. Mm-hmm. When the baby comes in, mama read this. It's not just about you know little Johnny. It's about your husband. It's about yeah. you. It's about the whole family, family can benefit. Yeah. So we talk about that. So I end up you know not that uh, I'm trying to generate more patients, but they'll come back. Like that. And we and it's and it's a nice thing because when you can help somebody and they say, wow, I'm better. Yeah. We have I bet 400 patients taping now. Cool. And so. It freaks me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I've never done it myself. And I tell everybody that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I remember sitting in the downstairs when Dr. Hawker was talking. I said, there's no way in heck I can do this. There's just no way. Yeah. But I persevered. And yeah. uh, it took me about three or four nights hmm. to get used to it. Three or four bad nights of sleep. But now I won't blow leaves outside without putting tape on. Hmm. Everything filtered. Everything. That's smart. Yeah. Kind of fly everywhere. Yeah. Now, are there any disclaimers for anybody listening who might be new to this idea of taping, you know, as far as like the child and making sure that their airway is truly patent before we tape or anything you want to no plug in there? <laughs> no children. I do not tape children. You don't tape children. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad we went there. Maybe 12, 13, 14, we might think about it. Got it. But that might be an ENT look, upper airway look. Yeah. Um, uh, but there has been some tragedies with that. And I mm. think, I, I, you know, I'm sorry it happened, but it's not here, but I think there's three kids taped and. Wow. aspirated when they got sick so wow. I, i'm a big fan of no children okay malfunctional stops the children yeah not tape yeah. and so um i was going to tell I, t- I was telling you the nose just is everything you know it filters everything my son flies all over the country with his job and i thought i said wesley don't touch anything and keep your mouth shut <laughs> that's right <laughs> think you're gonna fall asleep tape your mouth maybe cover it up mm-hmm. it's too crazy but uh well, and I think people don't realize how many germs we do take in through our mouth and our nose, depending on how you're breathing. And I saw this in- it's interesting little, um, not really a study, but it's a little experiment that a mom did who's a big, um, she's got a big following in like the fitness, healthy eating space. And she had a little boy who was a preemie and so huge following and just an incredible person. And so I follow her and she did this little experiment where she took her son, they went to the park and he came home and he touched a piece of bread with his hand and they put that piece of bread in a plastic bag. And then she had him wash his hands and touch another piece of bread with that same hand. And they put that piece of bread in a plastic bag a week later. And this like gives me chills. A week later, the bag where he had not touched his, he had not washed his hands yet. It was moldy. You can see, and it's where he, t- only where he t- his hands touched the bread. Only in that area was it moldy and green and gross. And the other bread that after he washed his hands, that bread was perfectly clean still and looked beautiful. And I was like, holy cow. I mean, these are the things people don't realize when we say, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. But you're also not realizing that you're breathing this all in through your mouth and your mouth doesn't, I always tell my parents and the kids I work with, your mouth doesn't filter, it doesn't soften, it doesn't warm, so you're taking all the germs in and that's often why we have- It also doesn't form nitric oxide. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so, you know, but I think that the education is amazing that you're doing because people don't know and keep your mouth shut and wash your hands. <laughs> when I was at Panky, one of the years I was at Panky, there was a pain specialist that taught us. When you go to the Panky, you probably heard this, you live with your instructors, you're, you're eating and breathing and talking dentistry all day long. And one night we went out to eat, Parker Mayhem, who was a, a real famous dentist, world famous dentist with pain management out of uh, Gainesville, Florida. We were, we were uh, eating one night, and uh, my best friend, another best friend's daughter, the mama came in one day and said, uh, my daughter's grinding, just mm-hmm. grinding like crazy. I'm here through the walls. And so I told Dr. 
Parker Mann. I said, Dr. Mann, what, what's going on there? Could that be? What's kind of, Airway was never talked about. This was 20 years ago. Mm. He said, well, it could be pinworms. Have y'all talked about pinworms? You know, people, you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, yeah. But well, it my mind that pinworms are even around anymore because kids don't go outside anymore. They're on the TV. They're on the yeah. video games. Yeah. But uh, this girl had pinworms. I came wow. back and said, well, Leanne, you know, it might be pinworms. And so they checked. I know you can get through that with another podcast. I won't do that here. But, <laughs> but they had pinworms. And it's mm. crazy. So grinding in my world, I have talked about pinworms. I know about it, which is rare. But I've had three cases of that in my practice. Pinworms, mm. crazy. But most of it's airway. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to get their airway. Yeah. I've had a crystal close the mouth and get these tonsils that used to be infected and touching, resorb back because they're not getting gushed with air. Yeah. And uh, sur- no surgery, you know, what a great story that is. Um, we don't have that enough. And, of course, Crystal's been involved with a few Connor Deegan scenarios to where, you know, it changes. Mama mm-hmm. loves the kid again, and the kid's growing mm-hmm. and eating. And, um, it's just it's just a great thing. Yeah. I was going to tell you, Holly also had me had Patrick McGowan Skype into my uh, quarterly meeting one time. I mean, mm-hmm. just, she's just been so instrumental with all these people. I don't know how she's connected. But... Um, he he is uh, he's been a real a real real important part of my education too. He's a phenomenal educated man. Um, but like I said, we give those book ways. When I get the medical people, when my doctors come in here and I'm treating them, I'll give them the actual oxygen advantage. But there is a, there's another book that I found that uh, I can't remember who gave this to me. It's by George Gatlin. It's called uh, "Shut Your Mouth It May Save Your Life." And I think it was written in 1860. Have you heard about that book? He was a no. painter. By, okay. by hobby, he was a he was a lawyer up in Washington D.C. and they were he was up in Washington D.C. when they were trying to figure out where they're going to put the uh, Native Americans, what you know reservations or not. Mm. And when tribal reps would come up to find out what's going on, he noticed how their posture was, their mm. faces were out here, the cheeks were high, their teeth were white and straight because back then they called this black teeth, yeah, because processed foods were already involved in. So he went back to paint them. He went back and went to their 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 camps, not reservations at that time. Mm-hmm. He started painting me. You know, as soon as the mama would get the baby off the breast, she would hold the lips shut for minutes, mm-hmm. not just for a little while, because they knew nasal breathing. I don't know if they knew it malfunction, but they knew it was nasal breathing. But you know, yeah, if, if you do that with a baby, you know, if you do that with a baby, though, that early yeah, on, you don't have to do myofunctional therapy later because you're basically yeah. doing that. You're doing, yeah. you know, what, what my friend Michelle Emanuel might call baby myo <laughs> to some degree. You're, you're kind of you're setting baby up for life. So, yeah. That's why I got it. I, I thought that was my thinking. You know, if I can get this started right, yeah. little junk will be fine. Now I got to worry about mom and dad and his older siblings. Yeah. And and we really do. I mean, every now and then you'll find that person that lays down on their side and they go to bed and they sleep eight hours and they don't move the bed and they keep, keep their mouth shut and they don't get up. And those are the people that we yearn to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, it's not it's not normal to sleep worse as you get old. My mother said that as she got older. Mm. So, honey, as you get older, you don't sleep as well. Yeah, it's not they say you, you need less sleep, you sleep less, you don't sleep as well. I've heard all of these things, and I'm going, right. <laughs> I don't know about I that. Less. I think Harvard came out with a study that says you get six and a half. I'm almost, I'll be 60 in October. So in my, my age group, if you can get six and a half, six and a half to seven and a half of, of interrupted sleep, your Alzheimer's chances is, is decreased. Wow. But that's still a good amount of sleep. I mean, I've had people tell me like, oh, I just need four hours of sleep, like one sleep cycle. I'm like, I, I don't. I don't think that's accurate, but I, I could be wrong. I'm not the expert, but <laughs> my, 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 my hillbilly answer to that is it depends on your makeup, you know, your host resistance, your genomes, everything. But mm-hmm. we're, we've epigenetically got to where we are now. We need to epigenetically get back right, and get our faces out yeah. and, we, and it can be done. We just got in and, you know, this is, I, I think the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Really do. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm putting myself through it and my daughter through it. And that's where I felt, you know, if I really am doing it for myself, not to prove anything to anybody, but I'm like, if I can do this for myself and be that example, you know, I had my tongue tie released with James Ryan and I had my um, daughter's tongue tie, both my daughter's tongue ties were released one at age two, one at five days of life. Um, two very different experiences. <laughs> the sooner the better in my experience. Yeah, you're like, I know your story. Um, but yeah, it's it's been incredible though to see, you know, how much function we've gained. And the interesting thing too, especially with Lily is, you know, we've seen her tonsils change a lot just since August where they were massively enlarged. They looked infected. They were almost touching. She had a very swollen, and like you said, like the... Um, 
like a finger size uvula, you know, it was, it was swollen and it was almost like that was that was blocking any space that her tonsils weren't taking up. Um, and that has decreased. That's less inflamed now. Her tonsils have decreased in size. And even when she has a cold now, her tonsils will get a little bit more enlarged. They don't look as veiny, um, but they're not blocking her whole airway. It's, it's already changed to the, to the effect where her body can handle either one, it's handling that, you know, that respiratory, uh, infection better, or, we have more space now and it's just not taking up as much space as it once did. So I don't know what it is. And you know, I've been, I've been told to delete posts that I post in Facebook groups because God forbid your tonsils shrink if you expand because one doesn't, isn't related to the other, but you know, I'm over here saying, look, firsthand experience, this is what I'm seeing with my own child. And I've got, I've got, you know, the evidence to prove that her tonsils were chronically inflamed and enlarged for two years prior to her going into ALF. And then all of a sudden she goes into an ALF and her tonsils disappear. And then they, you know, flare up a little bit during the cold and then they go back down again. You know, I'm like, that's, I kind of, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the ALF. <laughs> yeah, it's common sense. Right, yeah. right. If you're, if you're logging sickness, it probably decreases. You keep yeah. your mouth shut and it goes to the nose. Mm -hmm. Things just slow down. It has for me. Now, I don't get sick for saying that. <laughs> it has. Yeah. Um, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm glad you said what you said because I'm getting ready to go through the growth plants. I'm getting ready to do that. I'm six years old. I'm getting ready to expand my. I love my, it. My, yeah, and then I, we did a cone beam. We do cone beams on everybody. We send them off to, to be assessed. We also have a radiologist that reads everything, so they'll read are there adenoid tissues that are there's just so mm. much heavy lumps and bumps that we need to be checked out by the medical mm. community. So we we try to cover all bases. That's great, uh, but it'll change. Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to change, yeah. and it that's a frustrating thing. When I was in the middle of my practice. 15 years ago, I was like, okay, you know, money's fine. We can live off this. I don't need to keep hammering out seminars. And I quit learning. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, because of life circumstances, can't put the time in to learn more. Mm -hmm. But we got to motivate ourselves to try to open it up and listen because so many people um, will have their lives change and everybody around them change. And it's happening with me. Um, and I couldn't be more thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely impacted me as well. I, I had a history of getting sinus infections. Um, I would get them like in the spring and in the fall and sometimes they would last for three months at a time oh, and yeah. they would put me on, you know, they put me on a pack, which I eventually became immune to, um, build up resistance to. And so I remember the day I went into my GP's office and I said, look, if you look at my chart, this has gone on for the last three spring fall seasons that we've had. You guys always put me on two rounds of ZPAC followed by a round of Augmentin. Can you just give me the Augmentin right wow. now? Because, wow. and when I had to do that, I was like, this is not normal. There's something mm -hmm. going on here. And so five years down the road, I fall into this myofunctional, you know, space. And it's funny because when I got started, I saw a bunch of speech pathologists on a private practice listserv and they've all got this calm after their name. And here I'm thinking it's calm for communication something because that's what we do. We do communication. And I'm going, gosh, what is this COM thing? And so I just kind of fell into it accidentally and was like, huh. yeah, well, and I, I spoke to a colleague who's local to me who had taken Sandra's course and she was like, this has, she, and she doesn't do my own, but she said, this has changed the way that I approach speech therapy. This has changed the way that I practice. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, if you're giving it that this big stamp of approval, like I have to go take this course. And so I signed up, I got pregnant. I called Sandra and said, can I please come to your Chicago class instead of your Jersey class? Because I, I'm not going to make it to New Jersey in September or October, whenever it was. And so she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, come on, come on over. Um, and that was the best decision I ever made. And it's completely changed my life, my practice, how, you know, I even, I came back and I basically said to all of my patients that would allow me, I said, can I do a free myofunctional evaluation on you this week? Because one, I just want to get my hands on many faces and look in as many mouths as I can, like with this new knowledge, but two, we might want to change the treatment plan. And, you know, I don't think you should have to pay for that. Like, this is my new thing. So let's, you know, so it was, it was pretty exciting. And, um, I really jumped in feet first, got certified within seven months because I was about to have my second baby. And it was like, it's now or never. <laughs> so, and, you know, and it just came, I just full force. And now, and within the past couple of years, yeah, it's, I have a whole myofunctional therapy practice in addition to the traditional speech and OT and feeding therapy that we do, but 
you know, I've trained my team to look at everything differently because we're, we're done with, you know, teaching compensations. We're done with allowing compensations. And obviously we meet patients and families where they're at and what they desire. You know, we can educate and then you can only, you can only do so much sometimes, but yeah, we feel like it is our job to educate. So I, I love what you're doing and I love how you've created this whole, you know, holistic practice, like truly holistic practice. You know, it, it wasn't something I was like, okay, let me modify it. This yeah. just happened. And yeah. More. Yeah. And that's what happened in my practice too. It just kind of happened. It was like, oh my gosh, like we, we have to use this information. <laughs> and so there's somebody out there that's in a little bit like me back six, seven, ten years ago. That's like, okay, maybe I should look into this. And when they do, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you can call me anytime. Anybody call me. I'm, I'm not going to charge anybody for anything. I, when it, when it comes to that, and by the way, we do free, uh, it, when mama doesn't have money, they don't have, well, let's, let's take care of those babies. Now I obviously charge it. It's light scalpel is not, uh, free, but <laughs> we do charge, but we, everybody, we need to benevolently kind of get this information out there and help as many as we can. Mm -hmm. But if, if there's a dentist out there that's kind of battling how to do this, um, uh, between Holly and I, myself, mainly Holly, these, these can get there. We need to, we need to get this out there. This is the most important thing that's ever happened in my career as a dentist. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have time to do it, but, um, but it's not going away. No, it's just won't no. go away. No, that's why I keep joking. And you've heard me say this probably 10 times already, but I'm like, dentists are our next pediatricians because 10 years down the road, I we mean, yeah, health starts in your mouth. That's the oral health and breathing. And, and I mean, that drives everything else. And when everybody starts to realize that, I mean, you guys are going to be busier than our pediatrician's offices. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, that's one of my gripes. And I'm probably going to get uh, chastised from somebody. But the ADA <laughs> can take a real uh, charge here with hmm. this, and they haven't yet. And they're on a big campaign right now to raise more members and get more money. And that's fine. I understand that. You've got to make a living. And ADA does a lot of good things with the insurance help. And, and a lot of lobby, lobbying, but uh, this systemic health issue for yeah. the mouth is just nuts. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really, I appreciate you sharing your story. I know that, you know, sometimes people say, what, you want to have me on the podcast? Well, yes, I do. Because, you know, your story is important and there are people who are going to hear it and go, huh, maybe, you know, maybe I need I, to do this. I, and, I hope so. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's affected me tremendously and, and it'll change. And uh, uh, I would love to help anybody that's in maybe looking at this transition. That's so, so kind. Is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't discussed no, today? I had a pile of note cards and I, didn't, I just rambled. So no, I, it's I, all good. I told you, but you know, the way that I record these is very laid back, conversational. And that's why our listeners, you know, actually our listeners tell us that they love that. So thank well, you. <laughs> I think I covered most everything. I, I'm, uh, um, I'm very appreciative of you having me. Hopefully it'll help somebody. Yeah, I, I know it will, Tommy. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to hear more of these Myo Tots airway and feeding related episodes, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash the untethered podcast. If you found value, others you know in this space will too. So be sure to share this episode on your social media platforms and join us over on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Hallie Balkan Biz, on Instagram at, at Hallie Balkan. And you can head over to untetheredpodcast.com to grab a copy of the show notes where you can also also subscribe to be kept up to date on the latest podcast episodes. Big shout out to Dana McKay, podcaster extraordinaire for editing and helping me keep this podcast alive.